Welcome to the Hayes Salespeople Podcast, where we talk to the brightest minds in modern sales and get their tips and advice on all things sales. I'm your interim host, Jenna Sachs from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Welcome to the final episode of the podcast. In the four years since Hey, Salespeople began here at SalesLoft with Jeremy Donovan, we've had more than 280 awesome guests, countless insights, and all of you incredible listeners to thank for making this so great. But wait, we still have one more guest for you, and it's none other than our very own Tom Boston. Welcome, Tom. Thank you for having me. Great to be here and great to be the final guest of the podcast. What a privilege. I feel very privileged today. Yeah. I mean, me too. It's not that often we get to interview someone with such brand awareness and funny content. And, um, you know, you are by far one of my favorite people to follow on LinkedIn. Um, So if you're not familiar with Tom from his hilarious and valuable LinkedIn content, Tom is our brand awareness manager here at SalesLoft. And he's also the host of No Nonsense Sales, which is his podcast dedicated to debunking sales cliches and discussing the topics that really matter to modern sellers. Sounds about right to me. (laughs) So, Tom, you know, we like to start with a fun fact. Anything that you that comes to mind? Well, I I do often struggle with the with the fun fact, trying to make them as as fun as possible. But I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share instead a quick story that people might not know about me. Once upon a time, I tried to make it as a YouTuber, right? And I thought I was going to be a, a food blogger. And I actually would go around to the local area and review burgers. Um, so I would I would kind of ring them up and say, I'm a, I'm a food blogger in the area. I'm doing a, a burger review. Can I come and have some free food? And I would sit down, I would film myself eating the burger and, uh, and I'd put it on the, on the internet. Now, surprisingly, that content didn't do, <laughs> didn't do very well. And I never quite made it in the food review uh, space, but I'm glad that those days are behind me. Um, but I often look back very fondly about all the burgers that I ate in the local area for my, uh, for my failed YouTube channel. <laughs> And does that YouTube channel still exist today in the archives of the internet? It was burnt. Um, it was burnt and it was uh, it was buried, as a lot of my uh, old content has been. Um, hopefully to never research I was about to go down a rabbit hole after this. Just watch Tom eat, eat, eat some burgers. So, Tom, you're a brand awareness manager, but that wasn't always the case at SalesLoft. You started here as an SDR and really worked on building your internal brand, growing that, and then, you know, pivoting more into a marketing role that still has a heavy emphasis on selling. So would love to hear your story and how that all came about throughout your career. Well, it's, it's a funny one, really, because when I joined SalesLoft as an SDR, my LinkedIn presence was kind of non-existent, right? I'd, I'd been SDRs at other companies and I'd kind of done a bit of prospecting on LinkedIn, maybe shared the odd blog, right? But but certainly not tried to build that kind of buzzword personal brand. But when I joined at SalesLoft, I really saw an opportunity to go, okay, I'm working for a company now who are really going to support me having a voice on the platform. And I also wanted to have some fun, right? Maybe create some video content, see what came of it. And I was very fortunate that that grew and that built and I managed to find an audience and now that's turned into a whole role within its within itself. So yeah, humble uh, 
humble beginnings, right? wasn't um, wasn't like I started sales off with with a huge brand, um, but but worked on it every week. Tried to be consistent with with content, and it kind of snowballed from there. And now I'm a huge advocate of helping sellers to do exactly the same. What were the kind of results that you saw once you started getting traction in your again buzzword personal brand? Um, in, in your professional life and your success as an SDR? Well, I mean, towards the end of my SDR career, I contribute about 30% of my pipeline to inbound leads on LinkedIn. And that was a, a really measurable, um, kind of trackable way of going, well, this this is working, right? I'm, I'm getting inquiries uh, on a weekly basis. But I think when I first, the, um, the first thing I noticed is that people would recognize me when I called them up, which was so helpful, right? <laughs> when you're an outbound seller and you're making cold calls, I would call someone up and they might go, hey, Tom, I think I have seen your content on LinkedIn. And like, oh, I recognize your voice. And it would help them join the dots, right? In regards to, oh, you're not just another salesperson. You're actually actively talking about the things that I care about on social, which obviously helped me to have a much conversation with them on the phone because cold calling is, is hard. And I've certainly done many, many roles in my life where people would hang up the phone, not want anything to do with you. When I joined sales after I was like, I want to try and change that. I want to try and do something that makes my job easy as a seller. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a quite an increase 30% pipeline especially in an SDR role where you're grinding. I don't know that I've had that experience where I've had a cold call from an SDR and I was like, oh yeah, I can put a face to this name. I've seen you on LinkedIn. Like that's that's a pretty great experience um, and really opens the door to that conversation. And not only for setting the meeting, but for potentially being a buyer and advocate for the product. 100% because, you know, we're, um, we're sending prospects emails, we're leaving them voicemails, we're trying to get hold of them any way that we can. And I always look at, building a personal brand and using social media as just an extra an extra weapon in our arsenal to help us when we're trying to get the attention of of a prospect and and yeah it wasn't like I would call someone up and they would know me straight away but actually I was just making a lot of noise um, in the places that they were spending time and it would help me to have a conversation with them let's kind of go back to when you were getting started with this what kind of things did you really find for you that worked and didn't work right at the beginning? Well, let's start with what didn't work because that's always the fun the fun conversation. I'd seen a lot of people on LinkedIn doing videos. Now, bear in mind, this is, this is coming up to nearly four years ago now, right? So LinkedIn video was fairly new at the time. And I, as I said earlier in the show, as a failed YouTuber, I kind of had a bit of a vendetta with video. Thought maybe this is an opportunity for me to uh, to try again, right? And to and to use video and, and get it right because I got it so wrong in the past. Um, but what went wrong was I copied everybody else, and at the time, everybody else was looking dead into the lens, and they were giving sales advice. And as an SDR, I tried to do the same. Now, obviously that. That didn't work. I didn't come across as credible. I also didn't come across as authentic. And actually, at that time in my career, I wasn't really uh, an expert within within the field. So nothing was lining up right. I just looked like um, another salesperson 
trying to come across as an expert on LinkedIn. It was only when I kind of leaned more into things that I know that I am capable at. I often like people smile, make people laugh, right? I would describe myself as a funny person, even though my wife would disagree, right? And I thought, look, let me try and bring that into the content, right? Because if I want to come across as authentic, that is the way to do it. So after these failed attempts at being a sales expert and and those videos, you know, if you scroll back far enough, you'll still find them. I've got hair. That's how long ago they they were, right? Um, But I decided to go, well, let's actually try to make people smile and let's maybe bring in some of the trials and tribulations that sellers are facing and, and, and use that in video content. And I remember doing a video on the CRM and the excuses that reps give for not filling out the CRM right? The lies that they might tell to their manager. Oh, it must be lost somewhere in the, in the, in the cloud, right? I definitely filled out the CRM, but it must've got lost somewhere. Or uh, I have a spreadsheet. So it's not on the CRM because I have a secret spreadsheet that nobody knows about. And you, you can't look at that. And when I started to make those kind of videos and make that kind of content, it would do really well. Sellers would comment, ah, oh, this, uh, this is great. I've definitely been there, done that. I've had that conversation. And that's when the penny dropped for me. Oh, this is content I should be making. But I only discovered that by getting it wrong quite a few times. The whole it's funny because it's true angle um, really does, at least for me, when I'm scrolling, that lands, you know, when I see something rev up, something like you said with CRM and rep excuses. And it's like, you know, we've heard all of these things, but when you put them all together, you're not reinventing the wheel. You're not coming up with a new comedy bit necessarily. You're just kind of telling it, hey, this is this is how it is. And people can relate to it. And it's funny because you're able to find that in all of it instead of just saying, here's a best practice for updating your CRM. Here's everything that you know we see wrong and we can relate to. And how do you all fix it and you know bring that engagement to light? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had feedback from people who wanted to do something similar and they've said, but Tom, I'm not funny. Right. And my kind of pushback on that is, well, like you said, Jenna, well, you must understand the pain points of your prospects though, right? Because you're speaking about that on a daily basis. And if you can lean into that, it doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be laugh out loud comedy sketches, but it can be commentary, commentary on the pain points that prospects are going from and looping it into how you can solve that problem. Because for me, that is that is social selling. That's personal brand building, right? Marking yourself as a person of interest within the industry, talking about the pain points that your prospects are facing. A little bit of what I got out of that is pain points are funny. Um, I think, again, if we can't laugh at it, what are we doing, right? I mean, and I think it's really hard to get a best practice view of something without also showing the downsides or the the pain points that you that you mentioned. We talk about authenticity a lot, and you might have another buzzword here, value. But but actually, as long as what you're creating is real, then you're on to you're onto a winner, right? And I think with my content, I was able to draw a lot on 
previous experiences, right? Because as someone who's been in sales for a long time, I've got a really good grasp of all the things that sellers do wrong and all the things that sales leaders do wrong, right? I often refer to my career as research for the current role that that I'm in, right? And I look back at all those mistakes that I'm in. And now I get to um, produce them uh, as bits of content for everyone to to enjoy, um, you know, and kind of go, look, sales loft are going to fix that. But here's, here's how it is. Here's something real. So do you have a favorite piece of content that you've put out there? I think one that took me by surprise, if I'm honest with you, because it was 18 seconds long and I didn't speak in the content was I made a, I made a video and I was pretending to play the piano to Beethoven. And in the video is a typical sales email, right? So very much structured as you would imagine an email to be structured. Uh, I'm butchering the video. It's much, <laughs> it's much funnier when you watch it, but uh, than my than my audio description. But that that video in particular, even though it was just me on my kitchen table, and it took me what five minutes to to record. Um, that video got me a thousand followers in in a day. And it really took me by surprise at kind of the the power of of social, right? Because if a if a video lands and if it's home with an audience, you get the traction, you get that kind of uh, that excitement of this video is doing really well. But actually, it then sets you up for the future to go. Well, now I've got a thousand more followers for next week's video, right? So I always look back at that one really fondly, and I always see a huge spike in, in my, my engagement for that video as, yeah, as one of my favorites. I mean, I, I know how you feel about cliches, but it is one of those work smarter, not harder moments. You know, we, we do see, especially with TikTok and, and all these like new reels that people are making, that there's so much effort sometimes that goes into content, and then it might completely flop. Not to say that putting effort in doesn't pay out, because I think that there are a lot of scenarios where it does. But I think what I'm gathering out of this, and again, I'm trying to learn from you too, at the same time on on my brand, is, you know, really not overthinking it at first, you know, putting snippets out there of what you know, seeing how it lands, and then, you know, you're going to fail. But pulling that back and reassessing what you could do next time to make that a little bit different. Yeah. And then just to touch on what you said then, like understanding that you don't need all the gear and the equipment to, to kind of get started. So for, for at least a year, everything that I filmed in regards to video content was on a mobile phone. And a lot of my early content, especially video was completely unedited, right? It would just kind of go out as is. And I think that can hold a lot of people off, especially nowadays where you see these uh, very well produced piece of video content oh mine doesn't quite look like that or mine doesn't feel professional actually just getting out your mobile phone and just trying something and, and giving something a go is a really great place to start because again your content will transform in the next 6 12 to 18 months but a lot of people don't get started because they'll think well this is ah this is going to be rubbish ah this this kind of won't work but actually just being brave and putting yourself out there will set you up for success later down the line. You just have to power through those earlier bits of content that you, you will watch and cringe, but that, that's okay, right? Sometimes it's hard to hear the sound of your own voice, let alone watching yourself on video. Um, <laughs> I think video is something that a lot of people stay away from. I mean, myself included 
because I don't know how to start. Right. We don't know how to to get the ball rolling. And we think, oh, it's going to be cringeworthy. And I don't want that on the Internet forever. But if you want some inspiration of um, of, yeah, getting motivated to to make LinkedIn content, just go on to LinkedIn for a couple of minutes and scroll through and you will see 10 to 15 pieces of content that is cringeworthy that you think, you know what? Oh, I could do a lot, a lot better than that. Right. And in regards to video, yeah, like it's, it's something I've thought before, right. Especially in the early days, uh, I'm stuck with this face. I'm stuck with this voice, right. This, no one's going to care, but actually like, you know, nobody is bothered about that stuff that's that's all an internal thing that that we do ourselves and you have to really push past that especially if you know that it's going to benefit you in the in the future right so yeah i i i face that a lot with people that i work with it's a confidence thing more than anything and i hopefully try and inspire people to go well actually you know no one's going to and you're going to be more critical of the content than anyone else. So just give it a go. You might've inspired me. We'll, we'll probably talk after this about maybe a video collab to get me started on video. Um, not sure that I'll be as funny as you or, you know, as frequent, but, um, you know, definitely something that has piqued my interest after this conversation. It's a comfort zone thing, right? It's, I mean, even joining this podcast, um, you know, when I joined, I didn't think that this was going to be over a year of, of me hosting this. Um, and I had never podcasted before and it's turned into something that has pushed me out of my comfort zone, but, you know, has made me feel a lot more confident in having just conversations, listening to this out of my own voice and, you know, seeing where that goes. So, um, you know, kind of sad that we're wrapping it up today, but again, couldn't have imagined a better guest. Um, any words of wisdom that you would like to leave, uh, you know, for someone in sales who's looking to start really this brand building and, you know, really go on this journey of self-brand discovery. Oh, I love that. Self-brand discovery. I think we should all um, try self-brand discovery. But I think my, <laughs> my, my biggest tip would be to try to stay in your own lane in regards to your journey, because it's so easy to look left and right at the people who are so far in front of you who are doing things that you believe you could never do. But actually, if you just focus on kind of running your own race and and, and setting your own pace, that is the, the strongest piece of advice I could give. Because again, you're, you, you're going to compare yourself to other people. Like, like that's just a human, that's a human nature thing. But actually, when it comes to building your personal brand, that's exactly what it is. It's yours and yours alone and not to get too kind of deep but there's only you who can build your personal brand and that really excites me and motivates me right nobody else can build your brand because nobody else is you we're all so completely unique and i think we've all got such a huge opportunity to build something that we're proud of but not comparing ourselves to other people oh they've got oh, they've got 50,000 foot well it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter about any any of that right what matters is that you are consistent with your content you're proud of what you put out and you know that in the future your brand will grow and it will get and it will even though it might not feel like i promise you it will yeah i think even on those cringe worthy videos that you might make right 
might pick up one or two followers or just some interest or some oh, yeah. awareness. So, you know, always good to take the shot. Yeah. So. It's all it's all content. I I played um, one of my early videos when I was doing a talk in London a, a few months ago, right? And it got a big laugh in the room because um, I looked terrified. So so yeah, even the worst bits of content, you'll find a use for them in the future. Yeah. Well, Tom, this has been an amazing last episode. Thank you so much for being here. I do want to remind everybody that Tom has his own podcast, No Nonsense Sales. Um, it's you know, about 15 minutes long, really good insights, funny, the way that Tom knows how to be, um, and definitely worth checking out something to continue following, especially if you've listened to Hey Salespeople for a long time and you're sad, as sad as we are that, that we're no longer going to continue this. Um, also, if you'd like to see Tom's content, you know, LinkedIn is the best place to really find all of that. That's where I, I see all his content scrolling and, um, you know, tens of thousands of other followers as well. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, feel free to follow me on LinkedIn as I continue my, what, what was it? Personal brand self-discovery. Now I'm just adding words to it. But um, And again, thank you so much uh, for listening throughout the years and for, you know, to Tom again for being here. And Jenna, thank you so much for being such a wonderful host of Hey Salespeople. I know that I speak for a lot of people. Uh, when I say that we've really enjoyed listening and you've done a fantastic job. So thank you. Well, I guess, uh, you know, signing off. That's that's a wrap for Hey Salespeople. Thanks, everyone. I'm your host, Jenna Sachs. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.